Welcome back, everyone, to All Good Points. It's your favorite sports podcast that's hosted by me, Ricky Gray Jr. And boy, oh boy, did we have a couple of surprising upsets this week. So let's break down this week's games and highlight some underdogs that really came to play. Remember to rate and review All Good Points on your favorite podcast platform. Follow me on Instagram at All Good Points Podcast and on Twitter at Ricky Gray Jr. Now let's start the fucking show. Uh-oh, it's a Tuesday morning and you're listening to All Good Points? What? 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 What happened? Rick, you usually release episodes on Wednesday. What's up with this Tuesday deal? Well, I'll tell you what's up with it. All Good Points is going to be hitting you now Tuesday morning right after the games. Right fresh after those Monday night games, it's going to hit you right in the jaw so you can get ready so you can listen to your favorite sports podcast just a little bit earlier than normal. Um, and speaking of Monday night games, currently the Seahawks are up on the 49ers 20 to 10. Now, this is this is interesting because we have a we have a little bit of a upset in the making here. Uh, it looks like the Seahawks are kind of getting going in the second half versus, you know, how they were playing in the first half and they weren't playing very well in the first half. The 49ers seem pretty hot, but they haven't scored since the first quarter. Um, and we're almost into the fourth. So, if the 49ers want to keep that perfect record, record, they uh they better get it going on offense here pretty soon. Otherwise, the Seahawks are going to start to run away with this one. Uh, the only thing that I'll touch on about the Seahawks before you know the game's over, uh, DK Metcalf, as big as he is, he sure does fumble a lot, and at the wrong times. Anywho, let's talk about this week's games. Coming up first, let's talk about this Thursday night game, the Los Angeles Chargers versus the Oakland Raiders. Now, we kind of are starting with an upset right from the beginning because the Chargers were coming off of a win. Everybody was kind of thinking that the Chargers were kind of getting on a roll. They were feeling good. And then they head into Oakland. And boy, oh boy, did Oakland show them what's up. And it's not like, you know, Oakland just ran away with the game or anything like that. But Oakland, like, grin and bared it through the entire thing um, and showed a lot of moxie. Now, now Oakland was coming off of a win, too. So that kind of weighs into it but the thing that I'll I'll put the most focus on as far as why Oakland did well was because they finally are starting to seem to understand that they need to rely on Josh Jacobs to win them football games which is just the truth that's I mean honestly that's the truth of the matter um their defense played pretty well uh to be completely honest their their defense played pretty well secondary starting to come together a little bit they did just sign DJ Swearinger that's huge for their secondary that's huge for their secondary. Uh, so Oakland's looking pretty good. And if you think about where Oakland's sitting at in the division, they're only one game back from Kansas City. They're sitting at number two in the division right now. I mean, you have to start talking about Oakland being a being a contender in the in the AFC West right now. I know not a lot of people want to have that conversation, but that's the reality of it. You know, they're starting to play really well. They're starting to gel a little bit better. Derek Carr seems to be settling down a little bit more. And most importantly, they're relying on Josh Jacobs to get the job done for them on offense. That's their workhorse. They need to rely on him. Moving on, the Chicago the Chicago Bears face the uh, Detroit Lions in an NFC no- North. Jesus Christ, NFC North showdown. Um, Bears ended up pulling out that game twenty to thirteen. I mean, this is kind of like for me, and this is you know I'm I'm trying to remain as impartial as I can here, but this is two kind of lackluster teams that. 
I don't want to say that they don't have a shot at the playoffs, but right now they don't have a shot at the playoffs. So I'm not necessarily too concerned about what they're doing. Um, Two bad teams playing each other. Uh, Chicago was able to get the win. Not a huge deal. Um, Matthew Stafford, though, had to miss part of that game. And that's kind of interesting. That's kind of interesting because he had a very long streak of being being their starter. And uh, we're going to have to assess how bad that injury is going forward. So... You know, Chicago gets the win, moves to four and five. Detroit falls to three, five and one. Uh, moving on, the Baltimore Ravens just absolutely murdered the Cincinnati Bengals, forty-nine to thirteen. I don't know why. I don't. I don't know why we're going to touch on this game at this point. Here's the thing: if you're a Cincinnati Bengals fan, why just stop? Just throw the whole team away. There's no reason to be a Cincinnati Bengals fan at this point. They're horrible. They're absolutely awful. Okay, the worst team. Just horrible. Anyways, Lamar Jackson, though, 15 for 17, 223 yards, three touchdowns. He had a crazy, crazy run. Um, Lamar Jackson is really showing that uh, it was a good move for them to drop Joe Flacco and move him into the starting quarterback position. And I'm, I've always been very critical of Lamar Jackson and running quarterbacks, period. This guy's really proven me wrong. He, he's really sitting me down and having a conversation about why I need to respect him at a uh, elite quarterback level, because right now he is playing at the top of his game and looks amazing. Uh, and he's been doing it against a lot of teams. Like he did look good against the Patriots too. It's not like he just looked good against the Bengals. He's been looking good against a lot of teams. We need to respect him as a quarterback. Uh, moving on, the Bills uh, lost a game to the Browns. I'm not going to say this is an upset because the Bills have kind of had like a little bit of a lackluster schedule and the Browns are really, really hungry right now. So, you know, it was a good game for the Browns. Nick Chubb, 20 carries, 116 yards. Most importantly, though, Jarvis Landry, nine receptions, 97 yards, one touchdown. It didn't seem like the Bills' secondary really had anything to do or could do anything about Jarvis Landry. And um, if you're going to play an offense like the Browns with who they have on offense, you better be ready to play some defense. Because if you don't, they're going to they're gonna be able to move the ball on you. And that's exactly what they did. They did just enough to win the game. That's what matters. The Browns got back on board. They got back in the win column. Um, and uh, it, hopefully that brings a little bit of life to the team because, you know, that four-game losing streak, that can really do something to your pride and to your morale. So hopefully, fingers crossed, that the Browns are able to get back on track and uh, and go back to winning football games. Now let's get to our first upset. The Titans beat the Chiefs 35-32. to Now everybody was thinking Patrick Mahomes was going to walk back into Kansas City, right? He was going to walk back into Kansas City. And they were going to start winning again. They were going to win repeatedly, basically went out. That's what a lot of people thought. Well, they headed into Tennessee, and Tennessee had a complete different idea for them. And it's funny, because last year, it was the Patriots that went into Nashville, and I was I was there for this game. The Patriots went into Nashville. Everybody was thinking the same thing. Patriots are just going to walk right over the Titans. That didn't happen at all. In fact, the Titans walked right over the Patriots, and it was at the same time, and I believe, I believe it was the same week that the Titans did that to the Patriots. They ended up beating the Chiefs 35-32, to blocked a field goal at the end of the game to prevent it from going to overtime. That is hard-nosed, like, clutch play. You know, that's that's that last play that every team wants where it just it puts the game out, leaves no questions, right? Now, let's talk about stats here. Patrick Mahomes had one hell of a game. 36 for 50, 446 yards, three touchdowns. That's impressive. That is very, very impressive. I'll tell you what's more impressive, though. 
Derrick Henry, 23 yards, or 23 carries, 188 yards, two touchdowns. Now, hopefully, hopefully the people in Tennessee will realize that Derrick Henry is your key to winning football games. It's not, I'm not making it up. It's a fact. He is the key to winning football games. Ryan Tannehill had a pretty solid game. 13 for 19, 181 yards, two touchdowns. That's it. That's, hey, man, do what you got to do. Do what you got to do to win football games. If it's if your running game, if your running game can win you football games, fucking lean on it, man. There is absolutely no reason to try to push a passing game when you have a running back that's like Derrick Henry. When you have somebody that is that big that can run that fast, and you just have to trust him, trust him to do what he can do. That's and that's what Derrick Henry brings to you. He brings you a complete different level of offense that people haven't seen before. Now everybody was talking about Kansas City's defense when they played Minnesota, right? Minnesota's offensive line isn't like Tennessee's offensive line. Yes, we can run the football efficiently. Minnesota can run the football efficiently, but at the same time. Tennessee has been doing this for the last, I don't know, three years, ever since they got Derrick Henry. They've been able to have these huge rushing games. That's what they need to lean on. That's their bread and butter. Let Tannehill, you know, pick the passes. Let him get comfortable in the pocket before you make him, you know, throw balls downfield. Not saying that he can't do it, but at the same time, if you have a workhorse like Derrick Henry, you need to lean on him the same way Minnesota needed to lean on Dalvin Cook. And that's something we'll get to here in a minute, but um, great win for Tennessee. Uh, great win to get to to get to five hundred. They're sitting at five and five, and they dropped the Chiefs to six and four. Not a lot of people can say that they've beat the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes at the helm. And Tennessee has gotten themselves into uh, the conversation of teams that have been able to beat them. Uh, moving on, another upset. This this one stunned the fuck out of me. I was actually driving on my way back uh, from Utah, and I heard the score. Um, and it, I had to sit down. Well, I was driving, so I was sitting down already. But it smacked me in the face when I heard that the Falcons were beating the Saints. Well, then the Falcons go on to beat the Saints 26-9. to And this isn't the Teddy Bridgewater-led Saints. This is the Drew Brees-led Saints. I don't know. I honestly don't know what to say. I don't know what kind of resurgence boiled up in the Falcons to where they just didn't want to lose to the Saints. But good on them. Good on them for playing good football. You know, and it, it doesn't do much for their schedule or anything like that, but it does a lot for their pride and their morale as a football team. Matt Ryan, 20 for 35, 182 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Not great, but, you know, hey, it is what it is. Uh, Julio Jones, three receptions, 79 yards. What I will say is that the Falcons' run defense completely stopped Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara, four carries, 24 yards. That's it. There's nothing else left there. Uh, what Atlanta does need to work on on the defensive side of the ball is uh, Michael Thomas had 13 receptions for 152 yards. You have to do something about that. You can't. You cannot let somebody play like that. But, hey, win's a win, okay? Was it pretty? No, not really. It's not like it was a really pretty game. It was a lot of field goals, right? It was a, a ton of field goals. But it is what it is, man. You you pulled out a win. You were able to drop the Saints to 7-2. and two. There's a lot of people that are in this league right now that, that have not been able to beat the Saints. And Atlanta was a, was a team that did it, and they found a way to figure it out. Not to mention they won the time of possession game. Okay, they had it for 33.46 seconds and uh, New Orleans only had it for 26. Now, you know, time of possession is a big thing, and I've talked about that a thousand times, so I'm not going to go too deep into it. But time of possession is huge. 
you know, that that really can determine whether a team wins or loses. If your if your defense is on the field for most of the game, all it all it means is that they're going to get wore out faster. You know, that's that's really all it means is they're just going to get wore out faster. Atlanta was able to get a win. Huge upset. That is a huge upset. If I was smart, I would have put a lot of money on that game. But I mean, hindsight is always 2020, right? Uh, moving on, the Jets were able to beat the Giants. Not really an upset. This was kind of an even game. But what I will say is Daniel Jones had one hell of a game. 26 for 40, 308 yards, four touchdowns. Now, there was one time where, you know, Jamal Adams just kind of snatched the ball out of Daniel Jones' hands. But, hey, that's going to happen. That's going to happen. Um, are the Giants, is this anything to worry about? No, man, not really. Like, you're at a rebuild here. Don't don't sweat it. You know what I'm saying? Don't sweat the the losses right now. If you're a Giants fan... Don't sweat the losses. They're building. You know, they're doing what they can. They're trying to win football games, but at the same time, they're trying to get pieces together. Uh, there's a lot of people that have been injured. You know, certain guys haven't even been playing together at the same time. There's a lot of stuff that weighs into, you know, being a winning football team. And right now, the Giants are trying to find their way to be that. And you have to give them time. And it's the same thing with the Jets. Yeah, the Jets got a win, but they were 1-7. You know what I'm saying? They only they, they won a game. They went to 2-7. and seven. But they're at the same point. They're trying to find their identity. They're trying to work, you know, uh, what works best for them. They're trying to find who they are as a football team and find a way to win games. It's all a building process. You know, it's it's all a building process, and it's going to take some time. Darius Slayton, though, shout out to him. Ten receptions, 121 yards, and two touchdowns. That's insane. Daniel Jones had a great game, uh, and that's something to look forward to. If you are a Giants fan, that's something to look forward to. Daniel Jones is playing pretty well, uh, given the circumstances that he's in. Buccaneers were able to beat the Cardinals 30-27. to Not really any kind of thing to, to shake a stick at. Two, three, and six teams. It's not, I don't know. To me, it's just not very impressive. Um, yeah, the, the Bucs were able to get a win to in that four-game losing streak, but at the same time, are the Bucs really a team to worry about? No, not really. Not with what else is going on in that division. So, you know. Let's just say good game, Bucks. You know, Jameis Winston, 30 for 48, 350, uh, 358 yards and one touchdown. Peyton Barber, he had one hell of a game, 11 carries, 43 yards and one touchdown. Christian Kirk, though, on the opposite side, six receptions, 138 yards, three touchdowns. That's just poor defensive back play. It was almost like the same thing with Cooper Cup having a crazy game last week. How? How does that happen? How do you not guard this guy at six receptions for 138 yards and three of them, three of his six receptions. So 50, uh, 50% of his receptions were touchdowns. That's insane. That is insane. That is absolutely horrible defensive back play. Go home. Go just, just go home, hit the showers, go home. Uh, here's a, here's a crazy upset. Dolphins were able to beat the Colts. Now, is it an upset or is it not? Because the Colts were starting Brian Hoyer. Yeah, you know, I'd probably say it's not really an upset. It was probably an even game. If Jacoby Brissett was playing, then I'd probably say something along the lines of it being an upset. But even then, I don't really trust Jacoby to be their uh, their long term long term quarterback. Um, Brian Horia, though, he he's awful. Eighteen for thirty nine, two hundred and four yards, one touchdown, and guess what? Three interceptions. Yeah, I mean, there's not really much to say there. Right when you turn over the ball that much, it's almost like a guaranteed loss. You can't turn the ball over that much, uh, regardless of whatever else you do on offense or defense. You turn the ball over that much, you're you're gonna get got, and that's exactly what happened. Darius Leonard had one hell of a game. Um, 
that's that's what I'll say for the Colts. At least they have a fucking bright spot on defense, and that is a huge bright spot. Darius Leonard is a great football player. Uh, Packers were able to beat the Panthers, moving on to eight and two, twenty-four to sixteen. Man, you know the Packers are, you know they're kind of having these like weird setback games. Like they play the Chargers, they lose to the Chargers, but then they go and beat the Panthers, and it's like, how much do you trust, you know, who they're beating, you know? It's I can't, you know, they're beating the Kyle Allen led Carolina Panthers and that's nothing against Kyle Allen. It's just he hasn't been leading that team long enough to be, you know, not necessarily explosive, but like he he's not necessarily a threat. He's kind of just managing the situation that that they're going for right now, considering the fact that they don't really I mean, they put Cam on on IR. So maybe maybe just maybe Kyle Allen is the starter going forward. You don't know. Uh, the way that we're at right now, you just you're not really sure. Aaron Jones had one hell of a game, three touchdowns. I mean, I, I don't, I really don't even know what to say at this point um, about Aaron Jones. It doesn't seem. It's funny because for a while it seemed like Green Bay was looking for their identity at running back, and it didn't seem like they they had like a a position like they didn't have a guy that could fill that position. And you could go back to somebody like Ahmad Green. Like I, I don't know if you guys you know, know the history like that. But, you know, you go from somebody like Ahmad Green and then they get somebody like Ryan Grant and then they get somebody like Eddie Lacy. And it's like all of these guys are like there, but they're not really working out. You know, they're the the situation that not necessarily like they're put in, but like the situation that they're going through as far as the running back position just looks weird. Like they can't find somebody to actually fit the mold of what they want to do. And then here comes this kid, Aaron Jones, that, you know, it's not like any it's not like he was somebody to shake a stick at or anything like that is he just pops up on the scene and he fits every role he's supposed to play for Green Bay. He he doesn't turn the ball over a lot. He's a good downhill runner. He can he's got good vision. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. So Aaron Jones is really emerging as this like prototype running back that the the Packers have been looking for for a long time. And it's interesting to see because you can tell that the rest of the offense is really happy to have this stout running game, you know, and to and to have this guy that can, you know, not just run in between the tackles, but he can bounce outside. And then on top of that, he can catch footballs and, you know, he can run good routes. He can if he's paired up against the linebacker, that's an advantage on your side. So there's a lot of things to like about this Packer team. Um, it's just I guess one of the things that I'm not sold on is the group of people that they've played so far. So that's something that we're going to have to see and monitor going forward, uh, see how they do against the tougher teams. And and honestly, into the playoffs, we have to make sure that, you know, they can be clutched down the stretch because you can play great in a season. You know, a lot of teams, they play really, really great during the season. Kansas City is one of them. You know, they play great in the season. Baltimore is another one. Um, but then when playoff time comes around and it's it's time to be clutch, boy oh boy do those teams look a lot worse than they did in the season so that's that's something that's important and and you have to pay attention to um moving on another upset the uh the Steelers were able to beat the Rams 17 to 12 now this game wasn't pretty by any means of the word right like it's you know two touch all the touchdowns were in the first half you know that and and after that it was field goals and you know the Rams just boy are the Rams disappointing this year you know that is um that's a disappointing football team sitting at five and four Jared Goff 22 for 41 243 yards two interceptions and and one of those interceptions you were just like I I looked at the screen I was like what are you doing why why are you why are you here if you're gonna play like that why are you here you know um 
it's tough, man. It's really tough to watch somebody play that poorly. And uh, he's he's done it. He's done it quite a bit. And honestly, at this point, it seems like the Rams, I don't know, lost it. They lost some of that mojo that they had last year. You know, this this team that was a, a Super Bowl contender kind of going into the year this year. They just look really, really lackluster. And, you know, the Steelers defense is good, but it's not necessarily like it's something that the Rams haven't seen before. You know, they've seen these blitz packages before. It just seems like what's happening right now is that the Rams aren't able to deal with it. And it looks like Jared Goff is getting a little green around the gills. So, you know, fingers crossed that they can get it together and maybe make a push for the wild card. But with the way that the NFC is stacked this year, I don't see them doing it. I really don't. Um, Moving on. Last game of the week, uh, the Sunday night game, besides the Monday night game, besides that, which we'll talk about in a second, okay, uh, the Vikings played the Cowboys, beat them 28-24, to Vikings moved to 7-3, and um, went into Dallas, this is a primetime game, everybody talks about how, you know, Kirk and the Vikings can't win in primetime, they can't win uh, against teams with winning records, and uh, it looks like they did, you know, it looks like they did. I've been critical in the past of my own team, and uh, it's it's just because I have to remain impartial to some of the things that I'm doing and some of the things that I say. But at the end of the day, the Vikings came, they showed up, their offense played great. What I will say is, boy, oh boy, that secondary, their secondary is not looking good, and that is something that Zimmer better get a handle on. Otherwise, Zimmer's going to be looking for a job here pretty soon. You can't, You cannot have your secondary get picked apart like that. I understand Dak Prescott is a good quarterback, but him throwing 397 yards and three touchdowns on you, there's no excuse for that. Amari Cooper having 11 receptions, 147 yards, and one touchdown on you. You used to have a shutdown corner. You know, you used to have Xavier Rhodes. He was your shutdown corner. He's not. He is not anymore. I don't know what happened to X. I don't know if it was the, you know, the hamstring injuries. I don't know if it was the... uh, the trying to live up to the hype, trying to live up to the expectations that kind of got to him maybe just a little bit. And uh, it, it just seems like he's not himself anymore, man. Like it, it really seems like he's kind of lost his touch a little bit. And uh, that's something that's something that can't happen in this league. You know, Mike Hughes didn't do great against him either, though. You know, Mike Hughes didn't do great against him. So it's not saying that Amari Cooper isn't just a really, really good wide receiver because he is. He's a great wide receiver. But our our soul, you know, the Minnesota Vikings like soul kind of uh nucleus is their defense having this strong, powerful, hard-nosed defense. And you know, Eric Kendricks was able to break up that last play to basically end the game. But that's that's what I'm talking about is that's the, you know, that's the nucleus. That's what the defense is known for. And uh up until that point, they didn't really show it because Dak was really able to pick them apart. And, you know, going deeper into the, you know, the, the there's a chance that they play the Cowboys again. There's a chance that playoffs roll around and they have to play the Cowboys all over again. It might not turn out as, as well as it did this time, you know, the next time. So you have to have your defense primed and ready, you know, to get the job done. And that's one of the things that, like, it's it's never really been all the way about offense for me when it comes to Minnesota. It's kind of been about, a, like, a mix. Like, for some reason, it just doesn't seem like one plays well and then the other one plays well at the same time like it doesn't seem like they can get both on the same page and play both well it's either you know the defense is uh carrying the offense or the offense is carrying the defense like I just want both of them to play good 
You know, just just go out there, do your job, and 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 win football games. And they did. You know, I know I'm I'm sounding like I'm rough on them right now, but you know, hey, look, you you've got to hold yourself to a higher standard if you want to be a Super Bowl caliber team, which is what Minnesota has been preaching the entire you know last three or four years. They what they want a Super Bowl. They want to go to the Super Bowl. They want to compete. They want to be with the best of the best. To do that, you have to you have to have all three levels of your team playing at, you know, playing at a, at a high level. And, uh, you know, this week the secondary was a little bit lackluster, but they were able to pull out a clutch win in prime time and kind of silence people for a little while, you know, just a little while. And we'll see what they do, you know, in the coming weeks, uh, along with the Cowboys. We'll have to see what the Cowboys do in the coming weeks. There's a lot of football still left to be played. We're only, I mean, we're a little bit away from the halfway point, so there's still a lot of games left to be played. So we'll see how this evens out, but we're starting to get a good idea of what our uh, what our playoff picture is going to look like. So that is it for me, guys. Remember to rate and review All Good Points on your favorite podcast platform. Follow me on Instagram at All Good Points Podcast and on Twitter at Ricky Gray Jr. You know you guys can DM me questions whenever you want so I can answer them on next week's show. And get ready because All Good Points is going to be hitting you from now on every single Tuesday. You guys have a great weekend and it's time for me to get played out. (laughs) 